first thing I think of is tax season. Yeah. Right. You're going to do your taxes and you're stretching out how much anything you gave or whatever it may be. Right. My first advice would be, Hey, you need to start being just faithful to small things because truth be told, there is no such thing as a small thing. That small thing that you think is a small thing in your life is the biggest thing that God is requiring of you. We hear about pastors and shepherds that are falling into sexual sin. And I heard somebody say something one time, which was every private sin is an open spectacle in heaven. Mm. Right. So when we begin to think, well, I'm just going to look one time. I'm going to meander over here a little bit. I'm going to look at that woman. I'm going to check out that bathing suit. I'm going to, no, every private sin is an open spectacle in heaven. And before we hear of somebody falling in public, they failed a thousand times in private. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It adds. Ray, have you ever been tickled pink? Actually, I have. You know, I've got a terror of tickling. <laughs> yes. Do you? Oh, oh, yeah. Don't even joke. Kirk used to poke me in the ribs and planes and make me scream. He thought it was funny. But Ray, <laughs> what is it about that with you? Because, I mean, no one really loves to be tickled, but you like abhor it with utter detestation. Well, I can't breathe. I feel as like I'm in a heart attack. Have you ever tried to tickle yourself? It's impossible. <laughs> so this true. is such what good information. You know what I do? I'm going to post online that nothing brings Ray more joy than being surprised tickle in public. We're going to see how many people. <laughs> yes. It's so, it's so, you know, it's so interesting because people listen to the stuff we do and watch the stuff we do. I had someone come up and hit me up about something that we did on the podcast at the conference we were just at. Remember when I was trying to recite the poem I had written and Rachel and Mark Spence kept doing something and throwing me off. It's always Mark that throws me off. Why? I told you to recite that poem. You did, and then you, you started making up, faces. Yeah, well, no, that's no, his normal face. Just leave it. <laughs> it's just his face. <laughs> so recite it now, easy. I love it. Oh boy. Anyway, so Rachel, walk up to you? Rachel, my daughter also has that panic of being tickled. You know that. Oh, I, that's one of the greatest joys of my life. Yeah, but she has a word she says, which means I'm going to die. Please stop. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Speaking of someone walking up to you, I had someone walk up to me at a conference I was at last week. They heard me talk about how much I love baklava, and they brought me baklava. Oh, no way. So then now I need to talk about how much I love motorcycles. <laughs> I, I love really millions of dollars. Lamborghinis. <laughs> I like chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, you know, I, it reminded me of our Europe trip. And why is the word um so popular? It's beautiful. It's pretty. <laughs> um, yeah, where did that come from? I know, Are there other countries that use different word, filler I don't know, words but like you, that? You watch Bull. some, someone's, <laughs> <laughs> someone's nervous on television. You can count um for like 30 or 40 times. And we all um, we, um, um, we, um, do it. I don't know why. Seriously, it has been my aim in life as a speaker to completely eliminate that word from ever being said when I speak. And Are you serious? I, I th- yeah, I hate it. I detest it. Um, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I wonder uh, if, it's, if you looked up the etymology and the meaning of the it, word. There is um, no meaning. It's just a filler. It's, got, it's, it's when your like brain. Conversation. It's, 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 you know, that thing that swirls around when your computer's buffering or what? That's, that's, your, that's your brain. I mean, oh, it's that's your brain that's buffer. That's really. your arm. I took a speech class in college and we had to do really? an impromptu speech. And the only requirement was, you cannot use a filler word. So for two minutes, you have no idea what the subject is. You get up there and he'll say, the sun rises at the beach. Go. And you have to start talking and you cannot use a filler word, which is like, uh, uh. Um, Were you able uh, to do it, Mark? 
I don't remember. This was 75,000 years ago. <laughs> the dictionary says, um, as an expressing hesitation or a pause in speech. That's actually a word. Mm. So we're, we're justified in using it. <laughs> How many words can you spell with the word um? There's not many. I hate it. You know, the worst for me is when a speaker starts using a specific word and keeps oh, and you using can't it again and them? again. And I'm like, ah, I know we all do it, especially Oscar and Mark. <laughs> so guys, today we're talking about integrity, how to walk in integrity. This is something that young people seem to have no clue about these days. How would days. you define it easy? Well, I did write a definition many years ago. Ray's going to glaze over as I share it. because No, it's... no, I'm excited. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to hide, hide, open his eyes I right now. I wish people could see how he's staring right now. As you said that, he opened up his emails. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I got some work here. But yeah, I, you know, I have to just say before I share that, I went through, and I talked about this on here before, what I called the dark night of the soul many, many years ago. Uh, and, did you say, uh? Uh, uh <laughs> you oh, did, no, you here we go. Up. I'm not going to get through this program. <laughs> it wasn't an uh, but it was an uh. But I went through a very, very deep, dark season where God just was breaking me. And when he brought me out of it, I think it was seven or eight months, when he brought me out of it, it was through reading the book of Daniel mm. and verse... 8 of chapter 1 says, And Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. And I just started to look at Daniel's life, you know, the fact that he was wholeheartedly committed to the Lord. He had integrity. When the command was given not to pray anymore to any other God, he went, he opened his windows, and he prayed as was his custom. Isn't it great? Open his windows. We'll take this. Yeah. I don't care what you think. It's like, no, I, I, yeah. I mean, you know, so I started to look at that, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So do you have you a know. definition or not? We're men. We don't, <laughs> we don't need backstory. Book <laughs> <laughs> of Daniel, chapter one. <laughs> so anyhow, I ended up studying integrity and then teaching a signature message of mine years ago. And this is a definition I came up with. Integrity is a quality of heart by which an individual manifests and maintains a consistent decision-making pattern, which is rooted in the key principle that they will in no way, shape, or form to any degree in any circumstance or situation intentionally or deliberately compromise in their obedience and allegiance to the ways, commandments, and leading of their God. Wow. And you break it down and basically it covers every area of life. And is it just doing the right thing? Yeah, see, I could have said that. <laughs> I wasted all those words. I like, I like Ray's right. definition better. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it, it really does come down to the heart, right? It's a quality of heart. And by that quality of heart, something that's, that's happened inside of you, it manifests itself in a consistent decision-making pattern. It's something that's consistent in your life. And really, the heart of it is you're not going to compromise in your obedience to the allegiance, ways, commandments of God. It's like, doesn't matter what happens, what I'm threatened with, what people say or don't say about me, I'm going to be whole and complete in my commitment to the Lord. Mm. So guys, I think that this is, as I was beginning to say, especially in big trouble in this day and age, it grieves me so deeply when I see how so little young people today care about integrity or even have a concept of it. Ray, when you were growing up, <laughs> in the I 1920s. can't remember I've never had anyone far. say that before. <laughs> <You're growing up. laughs> if you can remember back that far. Ray, did um, you hit 5'5 five five when you turned 12? <laughs> or was it 11? I can't remember, but I, I, when I heard Kirk was in a thing called growing pains, I thought, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> 
But Ray, did you see a difference in people back then when you were younger? I mean, keeping their word, doing what they say they're going to do, following through on promises. No, I was just into surfing. I knew nothing, <laughs> I knew I nothing, nothing else. Didn't speak to anybody, just went surfing. Really? <laughs> Before I say, that was your whole life? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I think so. I, can't, I really can't remember easy. So but, was it when you got saved that that changed? Because, you know, you are one of the people that stands out in my mind when I think of integrity, especially keeping your word. I've heard you say that phrase more times than I can count. Got to keep my word, got to keep my word, got to keep my word. It's based on Psalm 15. Can I read it? Yes, I will. Oh, yeah. Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle, who may dwell in your holy hill, he walks uprightly. That's proof of evolution. Um, <laughs> fallacious. Uh, the, walk, the works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. He who does not backbite with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor does he take up a reproach against his friend, in whose eyes a vile person is despised, but he honors those who fear the Lord. He who swears to his own hurt and does not change. And that's what's spoken to me from, especially from that psalm. He who swears to his own hurt. The, I think the Living Bible says he keeps his word even if it hurts him. Mm. Uh, Amplified Bible, which I'll read louder. He keeps his word even to his own disadvantage and does not change it. And that's why we went to India. Hey, listener. Have you ever imagined yourself having a box of goodies for you to give away to every friend, loved one, non-believer that crosses your path? Well, now you can get one. That's because Living Waters is giving away 10 free boxes of goodies every single week. That's eight in the USA and two overseas. And this is being made possible by a faithful partner of ours that has given us funds to make these resources available to you for free. Each of these boxes has $100. That's right, $100 worth of tracks, books, and even your very own podcast mug. Go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast, fill out the form, and then listen to the end of the episodes where we will be announcing our winners. Livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. Good luck. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were with someone and then Ray... He asked if I'd go to India and teach in this Bible school, and I said, yeah, yeah. And then he held me to it. (laughs) I think I came back and said, Ray, you said, yeah, you got to get you in. That's right. So we went to India, which is a wonderful place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a great journey. Yeah, I love this definition given by F.B. Meyer. He said, the supreme test of goodness is not in the greater, but in the smaller incidents of our character and practice. Not what we are when standing in the searchlight of public <coughs> scrutiny, but when we reach the... <coughs> Thanks, Oscar, Easy. you're not joining in? I'm just feeling bad for our listener right now, driving down the street. Well, when I hear a frog uh, in the throat, you've got to get it out. I felt so much better when Which we all joined the in. the frog in the throat or the... Um, uh, um, oh, no, I'd rather do an um, frog in the throat when I'm preaching is the absolute worst. Yeah. You drown the frog, though, right? Or no, the tadpole? It's the tadpole I drown, but I don't like having a frog in my throat because it looks so horrible. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me try that again. F.B. Meyer. The supreme test of goodness is not in the greater, but in the smaller incidents of our character and practice. Not what we are when standing in the searchlight of public scrutiny, but when we reach the firelight flicker of our home. 
not what we are when some clarion call rings through the air, summoning us to fight for life and liberty, but our attitude when we are called to sentry duty in the gray morning when the watch fire is burning low. It is impossible to be our best at the supreme moment if character is corroded and eaten into by daily inconsistency, unfaithfulness, and besetting sin. Well, so ah. we're, we're basically, we're talking about character when yeah. we talk about integrity. Right. And who said your character is what you are in the dark? Mm, yeah, I love that saying. I look at it not just for the young has an issue with integrity these days. I really think that it has something to do with our cultural upbringing. And I can't help but wonder if a lot of it, we all have this natural gifting to be marketers of our own selves, what to create facades of who we are. And I think social media is a prime example of that. We all have an intuition because we have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever it may be, that we know how to project ourselves into the world around us to look like and act like somebody that maybe we're not or we're not. There's, there's a lack of integrity from who we are to who we want people to think that we are. And it reminds me of this quote. I can't remember who said it, but they said, we all wear masks and the time comes when we cannot remove them without removing some of our own skin. Oh, And I think the point that they're trying to make there is that as we try to pretend to be something that we're not, we destroy a piece of who we really are. And That's the beauty so of the gospel and of the cross is that integrity doesn't mean you have to be perfect. Integrity means you have to be honest with your entire selves, including your weaknesses and your shortcomings. So in other words, integrity isn't the person who never lies. The integrity is the person who lies and immediately goes, oh, you know what? That's not true. I'm sorry. I just told you a lie. Right, integrity comes with the person who's who's quick to repent and bear their imperfections to the world around them. Oh, I like that. So, we're when we're talking about integrity, we're talking about integrity under God, because the world has an integrity, yeah, which is an important. It's important to us mm-hmm. and important to God. You know, integrity is, is is being tolerant towards someone who wants to take the life of their own child. That's the world's type of integrity. I say that to lead and to say, I really am upset with my home country of New Zealand. They've just brought in a law saying that no one can approach an abortion clinic closer than 150 meters. Oh, you're kidding. Not even allowed near it. So it gives freedom for people to abort mm, their children. Wow. And I was just thinking how they pat themselves on the back and say, we're believing in women's rights. And it's grievous. You know, Ray, I've, I've actually never thought of it that way. That's really, that's very insightful to me. The world has its standard of integrity toward wickedness, you know, in that, yeah, when, when they talk about abortion, it's a woman's right to choose. You need to let her do that. Like, that's integrity. Don't intervene or, in, or infringe on that. You have to have integrity in, in letting people do what they want to do. It's their body. It's their choice. Honor them and be honorable yeah. and stand back. Yeah, Mark, you deal with that issue a lot, abortion. And you, do you see that like a, a sense of righteousness infused into something so indescribably evil? Yeah, people don't give a lot of thought towards that. I think it's the mantra, the continual bashing of an ideology that is unbiblical through billboards and articles and commercials and things that come away. We, we don't even recognize it anymore. It just becomes part of who we are. Sam Storm said, the only reason integrity should be a burden to you is if you enjoy being dishonest. Wow. 
I mean, that, that's quite yeah. eye-opening right there. <laughs> it really is, isn't uh, it? Let's pivot for just, a, for just a moment here. What do we say to the person who says, well, okay, I, I want to be more integrous. I want to walk in integrity. I want to do what you're saying. Proverbs 28.6 says, better is a poor man who walks in his integrity than a rich man who is crooked in his ways. So how does somebody now take that step forward and say, my business practices are a little sketchy, whether they be a lawyer who has to maybe even come across as their client being one way than they actually are, or somebody who fill in the blank. But their job is I need to somehow not be fully transparent. What do we say to that person who has a job like that? Do we say, quit your job, get a new job? You need to figure out a way to be as wise as a serpent, as harmless as a dove. But when their job is something other than what we do here, and I'm not saying they're a garbage man, they're a plumber, they're an electrician, or a plumber, good, good example, where the owner comes along and says, hey, listen, this is a $50 thing, but you know that the next thing that's going to go out, or somebody who's a mechanic with your car, it's hard to find an honest mechanic. <laughs> yeah. And when you find an honest mechanic, you go, man, I want, but they're not going to stay in business, people will say. They need to say, all right, you don't need to just have this. You need to have this, and this is preemptive, though it may or may not be preemptive. How do we navigate people through these sort of things? Somewhere out there, there's a mechanic listening that just said, aw. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think the point that you're making is that integrity at some point is going to cost us something. Yes. Like, like a Christian car salesman, it costs mm. him. because used car salesman. Used car salesman. How yeah. can you sell a car when it's a wreck? And- yeah, that's right. Oh, remember they did that movie Flywheel, the Kendrick Brothers yeah, and I've it was never about, seen that. Apparently, it's a good movie. Oh yeah, it was. It was pretty powerful. I mean, you know, it was one of their first movies. It's not as high quality as their other ones, but it was so good. And it was about a you know a car sales lot, and then some guy infiltrated. I loved it. and tried to expose him, and they, they, he found integrity there. You know, and they were honoring the Lord, and so yeah, Mark, it it really is a good question, and this is this is really at the heart of how much are we willing to sacrifice and give up in order to be honoring to the Lord. Because the shortcut, the easy way is to just do what everyone else does. And that's how people justify it. Well, they do it and they love the Lord and they yeah. you know, that's no big deal. And it's, you know, fudge the numbers here a little bit and do this and do that. But man, we stand before God. What's the face for, Ray Comfort? Someone sent me a meme that says, four out, four out. <laughs> it said four out of three people struggle with math. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's Bart McCurdy. Yeah, something like Bart McCurdy was Yeah, he just yeah. sent it to me. Uh, I'm going to use that one. You know, Spurgeon said, serve God with integrity, and if you achieve no success, at least no sin will lie upon your conscience. Yeah. That's good. And that's the saying that says, you know, there's no softer pillow than a clear conscience. That really what, it, what it, it's about. It's about you do what's right despite the outcome and what might happen. You honor the Lord. And the freedom in that. You know, like people in the world who constantly lie, they have to remember what lie they told to which person. And then they're trying to, you know, backpedal and, and figure it out. What a, what a miserable existence. Someone once said, taking the easy path is what makes men and rivers crooked. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, you know, you're reminding me, I had a moment where integrity cost me quite a bit. When Kelly and I had, had gotten married and then we had, we had Levi, our son, and it was two months after he was born where the investment company that I was working for started to make decisions that 
were costing our clients quite a bit of money. And the challenge of that is that I've got a newborn at home. We had just moved in with my wife's family to save money to buy a house. And now I'm going to work and I realized I fought against the decisions that were being made. They refused to listen. And so I had to quit my job. And it was scary because here I am with a newborn at home, quitting my job after making this commitment to my wife's family that we were going to be saving money to buy a house. And uh, Did you and, tell them why you quit? Yes, they were in full support of it. But one of the bigger challenges- They're in full support of you quitting. Quitting my, my family was- Oh, okay. Quitting yes, the yes. job because of this. Yeah, because of I mean, the you tell your bosses. Oh, yeah, time. absolutely. Yeah. We were all making more money than we had before. I had two days after I collected my last, my last check was the biggest check I made at that office. Mm. So I was leaving quite a bit of money on the table, but I just couldn't do it anymore. And I guess the point that I'm making, not that I'm the most integritous person ever, but. Uh, integritous? I don't, I might. He said it first. Integrous person ever. The point is, there are so many people that know what it's like to count the cost, that are willing to make sacrifice for the sake of integrity. And it will cost you, hopefully it doesn't cost you quitting a job, but it might cost you less money. Yeah. It might cost you friendships. Mm-hmm. It will cost you things to be a man or woman of integrity. That's true. First thing I think of is tax season, yeah. right? You're gonna do your taxes and you're stretching out how much anything you gave or whatever it may be, right? My first advice would be, hey, you need to start being just faithful with the small things because truth be told, there is no such thing as a small thing. That small thing that you think is a small thing in your life is the biggest thing that God is requiring of you. We hear about pastors and shepherds that are falling into sexual sin. And I heard somebody say something one time, which was every private sin is an open spectacle in heaven, Mm -hmm. right? So when we begin to think, well, I'm just going to look one time. I'm going to meander over here a little bit. I'm going to look at that woman. I'm going to check out that bathing suit. I'm going to... No, every private sin is an open spectacle in heaven. And before we hear of somebody falling in public, they failed a thousand times in private. Mm. Wow. It adds. Yeah. I may have shared this saying before, but it says, do the big things as though they were the small things because you do them in God's power and do the small things as though they were the big things because you do them in God's name. That's great. That's good. And that's so profound, you know, because when it comes to the, the big stuff, oh, no, how am I? Hey, God's given you his power. You could do it. And when it's little thing, oh, that doesn't matter. No big deal. Wait, wait, wait. You're doing this in God's name. You better do this like it's a big, massive thing because you represent the Lord mm-hmm. in everything. And again, I've said this time and time and time again, our kids are watching our kids are watching and whatever standard we set for them, it's going to impact them. You know, I mean, again, this sounds stupid, but I used to walk my dog off leash and I loved it. What it was your unusual name for a dog. <laughs> <laughs> off leash, come here, off leash, off leash. <laughs> Suddenly that sounds funny, but I, I would, and I loved it and it was a joy of my life. I trained my dog to walk perfectly right by my side. When I stopped, she would stop and sit. When I moved, on, she would on move. On two legs. She, <laughs> shat- she shadowed me on two legs while smoking a pipe. But then someone ended up bringing it to my attention that it's actually, it's, it's a city ordinance. It's illegal to walk your dog off leash. And when I found that out, you know, knowledge is accountability. When I found that out, it crushed me. It killed me. It devastated my life because for a whole year, especially during COVID, we were working from home. I would walk the dog every day and, and it would even give open opportunity to give out tracts. I had our dog tracked. Oh, what? People would be blown away. I mean, this dog's... 
but I, I stopped doing it and it crushed me. But Couldn't you use like a spiderweb leash or something? <laughs> Invisible 4,000 foot <laughs> leash. <laughs> but it, it crushed me. But again, it was one of those things where as much as I enjoyed that and found pleasure in it, I also wanted to honor the Lord. Yeah. And my children are watching. And they'd real, they came to realize that I had knowledge of it. If my children looked at me, knew I had knowledge of it, and then I said, oh, it's fine, no big deal. The next generation always takes it a step further. Mm. They'll apply that to other areas of life, and then they'll lack integrity. And the world would mock what we're saying. Yeah. Like, I had oh, a similar incident. I'd, I'd ride just not far from here. Sam's on the front of my bike. I'd ride this path that no one was on. It was just curvy and there's trees, and I just loved it. Did it dozens of times, or even hundreds, I suppose, and then saw one day a sign that said, no dogs or bikes. Oh. <laughs> they got both on the <laughs> sign, and I've been there. I'd never uh, noticed it before. But so they say dogs on a bike. No, it didn't, so there I can go. keep doing it. Yeah. <laughs> thinking, thanks, Oscar. I remember I called my city to make sure. I'm like, no, no, this can't be. <laughs> you would. I did. You I'm would. like, excuse me. Like, you know, I walk. She's just a tiny little, you know, golden, mini golden doodle. No, sir, you have to have a leash. I'm like, what about at the park? Because <laughs> I throw the frisbee for yes. her. They're like, no, it has to be on the leash. And it just, it killed me. You could me. get a 200 foot leash. Uh, I know. I have one. I have a super yeah. long leash, but it's not the same. No. So you crazy. spent, what you're saying here on live air is that you spent an entire year of COVID just in outright open sin. <laughs> open rebellion. <laughs> but to my point earlier, <laughs> it was, right? Yeah. To my point earlier, though, having integrity is not that we never do wrong, it's that when we are confronted with our sin, that we are quick to repent. Right. The way I put that, Oscar, and this was something that I taught, actually, when I talked about that message on integrity, it's using God's method of integrity for the times you have violated integrity. And God's method of integrity for violating integrity is repentance. Right? And, yeah. Uh, Easy. I found an article here. I don't know if you want me to read it to you. It's 15 bizarre California laws that are still in effect today. (laughs) No, Mark. Don't (laughs) give me knowledge. These are some pretty crazy ones that if you... (laughs) I can see you messing up on a couple of these. Yeah, don't do it, Mark. Let me live (laughs) in the freedom of my conscience until I do find out somehow, not by you. One thing I'd like... I'd be very interested, and we can't see it, but I'd love to know what, how Judas began his lack of integrity. Oh, wow. How did that start? Was it... Was it an unlawful look at one of the women that came up, wanted to speak to Jesus? Was it just he received gifts for Jesus that he didn't pass on to the disciples? Just a small thing. He was walking his dog without a leash. (laughs) (laughs) That's where it all started. He unleashed his goat. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Um, 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 Speaking of that. Um, 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 um. (laughs) <laughs> my, my my loan officer, not to be confused with your parole officer, <laughs> uh, he has something at the bottom of his emails that gets my attention every time he emails me. And he says, Don't we, read my emails. We do what we say we will. Always. always. We do what we say we will. We have the same loan always. officer, Mark, wow. don't we? We do. Yeah. So is he saying, if we're going to arrest you, we're going to do it? You don't <laughs> always feel your obligations. So this is really powerful. This is by uh, Greg Misiko. He said, the word integrity means wholeness, completeness, or consistency. Derivatives of the word penetrate the vocabulary of many professions. In mathematics, we call whole numbers integers. And calculus uses integral equations. School integration meant we bust school children across town seeking racial consistency. Engineers design structural integrity and in our buildings, bridges, and airplanes, or their lack of integrity creates catastrophe in the news. 
Most recently, the lack of financial integrity in certain types of insurance and investments has brought turmoil where we expect soundness. In scripture, when God appeared to Isaiah in chapter 6, Isaiah realized his own lack of integrity by confessing that he was undone, or in other words, he disintegrated. That's really good. to break up the word in integrity. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Sorry, guys. That was a lack of integrity if I've ever seen it. So, yeah. That that was Mark. And scripture, guys, there's so many verses that deal with this. Psalm 101, 2, I will ponder the way that is blameless. Oh, when will you come to me? I will walk with integrity of heart within my house. Mine says, I will walk with a leash on my dog (laughs) when I leave my house. Poor Willow, her life has changed. (laughs) But Proverbs 20, verse 7, the righteous man walks in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. And, and like what we were talking about earlier, I think that that's a, a part of the problem is that we don't have multi-generational vision and we don't, we don't care about our witness the way that we should. Mm. And we don't care about the glory of God, even if nobody knows. I mean, there are things where we know no one will ever find out, but God knows and we know God knows and we know what we've done. And you end up either becoming a liar or an actor or you end up minimizing your moral authority when you lack integrity. Because when you lack moral authority, it means you won't speak to issues. You won't come into a, a person's life and say, hey, man, you know, this is... I mean, imagine you're someone who's, who's secretly watching pornography. And then your children, you end up finding out, are looking at it, pornography. How are you going to, with moral authority, speak into their lives as you're doing that? You're going to try to avoid the subject. Because what if they look at you and say, do you, dad? Uh, You know, I mean, it weakens your effectiveness for the Lord and impact in other people's lives. And it Mm. destroys your prayer life too, because a clear conscience can boldly become, come before the throne of grace. Yeah. And knowing that you're clean in God's sight because you're trusting in Jesus. Right. And you're living in righteousness and in integrity. Yeah. There's also a, a beautiful thing in which the way the Lord wants to use integrity as a witness to the world. And we certainly proclaim the gospel with words can't do it without it, but your witness with your actions and your character will also put a rock in their shoe Mm. that reminds them of the truth of the gospel. So I bring this up because when I play basketball, you know, I play with a group of guys a couple days a week, they call me pastor. And he just reminded me the reason why they started calling me pastor wasn't, I shared the gospel with them. They knew that I'm in ministry, but the time that they started calling me pastor was a woman had walked by and they all paused the game. And I just like walked over to the corner and waited and someone was like, why aren't like, looked at me like, did you see, why aren't you over here checking this out? And I'm like, oh. pause the game to like check her to out. watch a girl walk by. Yes. I can understand that. That's what guys are like. And so someone was like, well, Oscar, like, did you see that? I was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm good, dude. And they're like, well, your wife's not here. She's not watching. And I'm like, that's not the reason why I'm not looking, you know? And that's when they started calling me pastor. Oh, wow. But you could see in them too, there was, there was a rock in their shoe in that moment. Like a bit of guilt kicked in. Like, oh man, we are kind of being a little bit sleazy, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, and so your integrity can be a witness to what you believe. Mm. Yeah, light exposes the darkness. I was in a car once as a non-Christian. There was, I think, six of us, and we saw this really pretty blonde, and everyone just almost leaned out the car with their tongues out, and one guy said, that's my sister, and we all just sat down quietly. (gasps) Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I do at times, you know, when there'll be a pretty woman walking by, I'll look at I look at the eyes of the different men that are around 
there, you know, wherever I'm at the airport or out in public somewhere. And I'll just, and you just notice it's an automatic, you know, and of course we all understand the lore in the pool, but the person who loves and fears the Lord says, whether I have sunglasses on and no one can even see my eyes going or not, or anyone knows, I love and fear God. That's it helps you that everybody can see your eyes too easy because how big they are. <laughs> yeah. When your eyes are three feet in diameter. <laughs> Ephesians 4 says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, hmm. with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Wow. We consider Joseph's commitment to sexual integrity. It made him resist the temptation of his boss's wife, hmm. right? How can I sin? How can I do this evil? No, he predetermined, he purposed in his heart and inside of his mind, and it led him up until that moment. He didn't decide in that moment that he wasn't going to commit sin. He determined way before that moment. And that's what we need to do. Mm -hmm. We yeah. need to be able to do that. If Proverbs 28, verse six, better is a poor man who walks in his integrity than a rich man who is crooked in his ways. Hmm. Or Ecclesiastes 5, verse 4 through 5, it says, when you make a vow to God, do not delay in fulfilling it, because he takes no pleasure in fools. Fulfill your vow. It is better not to vow than to make a vow and not fulfill it. And I bring that up because I think, stop over-promising. Stop promising in general. Hmm. Nobody, Nobody likes somebody who says, oh yeah, I'll, I'll be there, and then they don't show up. Hmm. Right? I'll hey, be at your birthday, Mark. Right, Calm I'm, down. I'm going to help you move, <laughs> right? I'm going to help you move. I'm going to be there. And then they don't show up. No, so stop with over-promising things like that, right? Break the habit of making promises and then just do it. I, we were talking earlier today, Ray, about our new 3D Pro-Life postcard. I oh. absolutely love it. It's a great uh, Ray's right now track. holding it up to his microphone so that you guys can see slash hear you have it. To, you have to see <laughs> it. You have to, to see it. Yeah. yeah. And I was thinking... I'm going to tell Ray that I'm going to implement that in one of my pro-life videos. I go, no, I'm just going to implement it in one of my pro-life videos that I'm producing. I can tell people, I can show people, I can go up to people as I'm out on the street because it shows this amazing 3D graphic picture of an 11-week-old fetus inside the womb, and the detail of it is absolutely amazing. No picture of it is going to do it justice. But when you do see it, it's like you don't want to put it down. It's yeah. on livingwaters.com. They can actually see it. Yeah, we're, it's going to be in our store, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. It is there now. It is. Okay. So, they, yeah, for those who can't see it, it is. It's postcard size. It's a beautiful, adorable picture that's 3D of, it in the, of, of the baby in the womb. And I think when you look at it, it just warms your heart. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that's going to save lives. Uh, what came to mind when you were talking before, before we mentioned the 3D postcard, which is on livingwaters.com. The 3D one is? Yes, it's on <laughs> Living Waters. Is the scripture, there is no fear of God before their eyes. Yeah. I love the way that that is worded, because if there's no fear of God before your eyes, you're going to go anywhere you want without any regard to God. But if you have the fear of God before your eyes, you'll be careful what your eyes look at, what yeah. your brain thinks about, where you're going to go, what you're going to touch. And there's so many scriptures, especially what Jesus gave us, if your eye offends you, pluck it out and cast it from you. He didn't say pluck it out and leave it on a table. Yeah. He said pluck it out and cast it from you. Don't even think about picking it up and putting it in again. Yeah. Such a graphic illustration because our eyes are so precious to us. I wouldn't put my finger near my eye with the thought of plucking it out. <laughs> but he's saying that it, you should pluck your eye out if it's causing you to sin. This is that serious. Yeah. Better you to be blind. Yeah, and Mark, you know, you mentioned Joseph earlier, Potiphar's wife. 
And I love what he said, how can I do this thing and sin against my God? Obviously, he talked about his master too, and he had entrusted everything to him. The only thing he withheld was his wife. But the true heart of it all was, I'm going to sin against God. And where were his other fellow Hebrews to hold him accountable? They weren't there. He was the only one there. He was in charge. He was ahead of everything. So it comes down to fearing God. But also, I think one of the things that hinders us from integrity in some cases is the fear of what people will say. I don't want to be seen as a prude, or I don't want to see, be seen as this, this legalist or this uptight person or puritanical. How silly yeah. of us to compromise our convictions and honoring the Lord because we're worried about what people are going to say. We're all susceptible to it. We all feel that pull. You just think of all the businessmen and politicians and others who are in prison at the moment because they lacked integrity yeah. in, in doing something. And here's Joseph, because he had integrity, it landed him in jail. Isn't that funny? Yeah. And who, who are the people that are going to end up seeking you out when they have something that's really confidential that they need help with. Mm. It's the people that may have even mocked you, but they know. Like Oscar talked about those guys on the court. However they might have mocked you, in their hearts they knew that what you were doing was right because the law of God is written upon their hearts. Mm. That's respect, isn't it, that they've got for you? Sorry, Mark. I I have a friend before before he was married. He fornicated with a woman. And the woman came to me and said, did so-and-so cheat on me because she knew I wasn't going to lie to her. Mm. And I said to her, I said, listen, let me go talk to him and get the story Hmm. and then I'll come back to you. So I went to him and I said, listen, I love you. You know that I love you. I will die for you. I will never lie for you, which also means I will never lie to you. So now you have an opportunity here. You have a chance. This is what you need to do. You either need to tell her or I will. And what'd you do, Ray? (laughs) <laughs> oh, thanks. One ruined ministry. <laughs> you know, many years ago when, when I worked at a silicone mixing factory, we used to custom mix rubber for different applications. I was a quality control manager. This is just before I went into ministry into the pastorate. I didn't know that. Yeah. I knew that with Danny. What do you mean? I was married to your daughter when I worked there. At the silicone <gasps> ministry. Rachel. It was. <laughs> but anyway, I would interview people for, for the job. And I phrased my questions in such a way to see what their you know answers would be. So I'll say, hey, you know, like here we have to have a certain standard that the other company requires certain numbers. Like if we were close and not, you know, off a little bit, we just need to change it. Cause you know, this is a lot of product we need to get out. Would you be okay with just, you know, changing the number if we asked you to just a little bit? Or, you know, sometimes we have this kind of leftover and we can throw it away. We're supposed to technically, but you know, it would help us to use it. Or tell me about your former boss. Do you have any issues with them or whatever? Because my my motto was if someone's going to lie for you, they'll lie to you. If they're going to steal for you, they'll steal from you. If they're going to gossip about someone else with you, they'll gossip about you with someone else. And it was really telling. Wow. And it was powerful when there would be the people who would go, oh, sir, I'm sorry, but I couldn't do that. I mean, if this is the, you know, and, and then you'd have this, oh yeah, yeah, of course, you know. All right, thank you. Have a nice day, <laughs> you know. Wow. So, so you, could, you could have got up and left your wallet on the table. I'll be back in 10 minutes. <laughs> that would have been a good test. So, yeah, integrity is huge. Proverbs ten nine: He who walks with integrity walks securely, but he who perverts his ways will become known. You know, to some degree, this is we're talking about a written contract. For the Christian, his word, his yes is yes, his no is no. But unfortunately, we hear about so many Christians 
needing to have a contract. And I'm not saying you're going to do this work and this work and this work. And somebody goes, oh, I didn't realize that that was included in the work. But I'm just simply saying, no, your word is your bond. You don't really don't even need to shake hands. Yeah. We don't need to have a written piece of work, right? You just need to do what you say you're going to do. Yeah. If someone says to me, I'll be there, I promise. I think he's a liar. Because <laughs> this word is not good enough. He's Let got, to, he's got to add an oath. And scripture backs that up too. Jesus said it and James, I think it says it too. Yeah. Your word be yes. Isn't it wonderful when you know someone so well and you've seen their character again and again and again they tell you hey i'm gonna do this you don't have to think about it you just know and again not that no one makes a mistake but you know if they do mess up you know they're going to apologize and they're gonna really make it a point not to do it again right it kills me like when people do stuff and they try to pretend like you didn't notice versus hey i blew it i messed up i'm so sorry this is important to me i want to change this so it's huge. Dependability, keeping your word, being faithful. Trustworthiness. Trustworthiness. And it's also, isn't it an extension of love? Like if I love you, I'm not going to do something that's going to demonstrate that I don't care about the commitment I made to you. I told you I'll meet you somewhere. I told you I'll meet you at a certain time. I told you I'll do this for you. And I love you. So I'm going to follow through on it. There was a time when you'd finished letters with yours faithfully. Mm. Truly yours. Yeah. And now it's like, dude. Right. See dude. On, <laughs> see My on next on email to you is gonna be in with dude. Well, that's what I meant. That's what I meant at the at the opening of, of the show when I talked about this generation. Because it's worse than I've ever seen it before. And they don't even apologize. Oh yeah, something came up. What do you mean something came up? You gave me your words. You were going to be there. I've lost count of times. I've said to someone, would you come on, cam- come on camera? I say, yeah, I just have to do this first. I'll be back in five minutes. And then never, they never They're come gone. back. They go, yeah. I give them the five minutes. It's right. never a shock to me. But, you know, I try to even be careful with that. Like when I tell someone, yeah, just give me a couple minutes or, or hey, I'll do this. I'll be there, uh, you know, in 15 minutes or whatever. You're making me feel so convicted at the moment because I tend, if someone says, can you do this? I'll be there in three minutes. And there's no way I can be there. It's my want to be there in three minutes. But I should really say 15. And so I'm ending up panicking and driving like a maniac to try and keep But you know, on that point too, my wife and I have talked about this before where someone will, you know, you say, hey, can you guys come? Yeah, we can either say, I'll be there at this time. And I'm not talking about like a scheduled event, but... Just, hey, yeah, could you guys come and help with this? Yeah, we'll be there at this time. We can sometimes put ourselves in a position where we violate integrity, where that's not necessary. Yeah, we'll get there around this time, or we'll let you know when we're on our way. Or Again, it's just important that we keep our word and that people can rely on us. I was bad-mouthing you to your son, Luke. <laughs> and I was saying, Luke. Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> Easy is just bet on always being on time, right? So if we're going to meet at the park at 2 o'clock, it's going to be 2 o'clock. He's going to be there. He's not going to be late like we've been talking about. And he'll have his kids on leashes. (laughs) Not his dog, but his kids. That's right. And I said, can you believe that, Luke? He's all, I'm exactly the same way. I absolutely love when somebody is on time every time. Yeah. Easy, do you find yourself, and this is a sincere question now, do you find yourself, because Eric Sorensen and I, we were talking about this with you, about you, that you will be on time, but you can run over curbs and cats (laughs) and the elderly in order to get there. Yeah. And not only that, when you're on time, 
the person that you've arrived to meet has to put up with you being showing us exactly <laughs> that you're on time. Especially when it's close. I'm going to call him out, though, because when he can't make it, since he's the boss, he just changes the time. He's like, hey, guys, we're moving the thing to 11 o'clock. You're like, oh, well, yeah, exactly. Wait. <laughs> That's my prerogative. <laughs> but, you know, Mark, there have been times when I've had to... Uh, Run somebody over? No, but I've, <laughs> I've had to examine my heart on that because we need to be careful that we are reasonable and realistic too. Because sometimes we can violate love for the sake of a principle. Whereas, you know, like if I'm talking, my wife's pouring her heart out and she's, she's going through something and, oh, sorry, I got to be on time. I don't care. You know, you just run out the door. So I've really had to examine myself. Are we going to finish you know, on time or not? No, I, we don't have a time. That's the beauty of it. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, this is such a good subject. And again, for those of you listening that may feel really, really convicted today, that's a good thing because conviction demonstrates that God is merciful to bring us to, to a point of realizing our sin so we can repent. Those of you that are condemned and you know the Lord, you shouldn't be. You should recognize that there's hope and the Lord wants you to get it right. But integrity is huge, you, you talk about this, First Peter 3.16, having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. You always talk about our witness before unbelievers. Oh, yes. Yeah, and it's great when they've got nothing evil to say about you. They can just say the guy's an idiot. He oh. believes fantasies, but they can't say he's a thief or a liar. Yeah. That's what we, we aim at as Christians, to be blameless. To live in integrity. Yeah. Well, let me close this out with, with a, a little list that Stan Storms gave on integrity. It says, a person of integrity fulfills his or her promises. Being true to one's word, especially when doing so is costly in terms of money, convenience, physical welfare, and so on, is a core characteristic of integrity. Two, a person of integrity speaks the truth, is honest, and does not lie. Three, a person of integrity is a person of sincerity. That is to say, a person of integrity hates hypocrisy. A person of integrity, number four, manifests a wholeness of character, including kindness, compassion, mercy, and gentleness. Five, a person of integrity is committed to the pursuit and maintenance of justice and fairness. Mm. Six, a person of integrity loves as when and what God loves. Seven, a person of integrity is humble. He or she shuns pride and haughtiness. Eight, a person of integrity is law-abiding. He or she plays by the rules both in the Bible and the law of the land. Nine, a person of integrity is fundamentally altruistic. That is to say, he is committed not simply to laws and rules, but to people. Could a selfish person have much integrity? What about someone who is honest, law-abiding, and fulfills his or her promises, but is self-absorbed and egocentric? Does the latter eliminate the possibility of integrity? That's really good, because again, there's character involved. You could do what you say, but you're, you have a wicked heart. And finally, 10, a person of integrity manifests a high degree of consistency. That is to say, he or she is not always changing the principles on the basis of which they live, unless compelled to do so by the Bible or rational, rational persuasion. persuasion. Oh, you saw that one too, huh, Mark? So yeah, integrity, it's freeing, it's liberating, it's honoring to God, it's a blessing to you, to those who know you, to your children, to your grandchildren, to successive generations. And so friends, what, Ray? Well, could you imagine if our nation became implicitly integrate? Integrous? Integrous. Yeah, could you imagine if, if everyone, through politicians, oh. right through everything, how incredible life would be? Transform the whole world. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Right. And what a joy, right? To know right. that there's coming a day. And that's, that's truly the true utopia is being in God's kingdom where there is no more sin. There's no questioning, wondering, there's no lying, deceiving, selfishness, you know, wickedness. So friends, we hope you've been encouraged today. Hey, have some integrity and leave us a comment, rate the program and email us at podcast at livingwaters.com. Give us your thoughts and your show topic ideas. And please tell people about the podcast that they may be encouraged. Don't forget the new tract that we've come out with, the 3D hologram looking tract with a baby on it. 11 weeks, is it? Yes, 11 weeks. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a picture of an 11 week old baby and it's 3D. It is amazing. We're excited about this. Make sure to check it, check it out at livingwaters.com. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you here next time on the Living Waters, P-O-D-C-A, S-Ray rolling his eyeballs. T. Yeah, that's right. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. I have no idea where that ridiculous saying came from, but friends, we do have winners. Winners for the podcast giveaway. That is the Living Waters Podcast. We have Angela from Yucca Valley, California. Yvonne from Crestline, California. Brooke from Clayton, North Carolina. Andrea from Anderson, Indiana. Elias from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Becca from Lincoln University, Pennsylvania. Lowell from Yakima, Washington. Don from Charleston, Illinois. John from Ford, Australia. Good on you, Mike. And Dave from Will and Lane, United Kingdom. Congrats.